commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Scottback, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole news show for in-depth coverage and analysis for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, the new second rundown for July 16th, 2020. Locked in foil attack position. Reading Rafter. But first, Bad Batch series coming to Disney Plus in 2021. Now, the host, Ben Gratton to discuss. Nice. Thank you, Grex. Um, before we jump into talking about fun stuff, I, I wanted to spend a minute um, and acknowledge the passing of Grant Amahara. Um, it's a name you may not recognize, but I'm guessing everyone has seen him or, or at least has been exposed to his work. Um, I actually kind of learned about his involvement in Star Wars through kind of working backwards. Grant Amahara probably is most famously known as one of the um, co-hosts of the show Mythbusters, which is on the air for years and years and years. Um, and then when I started to investigate him, he actually worked on the prequels in Star Wars as a model builder and a uh, roboticist. He actually helped work on uh, updating the R2 unit for for the uh, prequel movies. So he, he was, um, I'll just say a couple of words. This really hit me hard, and, and I was trying to figure out why when I read this. I mean, death is always sad, and I, and I always get hit hard when I know I, I know someone, whatever, that who's passed. But I was really kind of really bummed about this. And I think part of it is Mythbusters was a big part of my life for 10 years. That was a secret show. I, I, I would watch that when I was working on papers and doing other stuff as a science nerd. I really loved the scientific method they went through. Um, you know, not to throw shade, but there was an episode. You can look at the episode where they investigate whether yawning or is not as contagious and actually use that in research methods about not proper research methods. It drives me nuts. But other than that, they're really great. And and I really liked him. He brought this this nerd spirit and, and this this love for science and, and nerdiness to that show. He was so endearing um, and he was such a great um person i feel like i don't know him personally but based on everything i read about him he seems like a really great guy and i'm, I'm very sad years passing but you know he'll be missed in the star wars universe and 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 elsewhere yeah wonderfully wonderfully kind person and uh deeply creative uh passionate uh i had just watched him the last few months create a fully functional yes. baby yoda on instagram and I thought it was the most miraculous thing I'd ever seen. Like he really yeah. just brought, brought life to the puppet all by himself and was going to go tour at children's hospitals and actually bring yeah. that baby Yoda around. And um, I hope that that still does happen. But uh, nonetheless, just uh, such a kind deed. And um, and I also just saw a picture of him painting the droid control ship from the prequels today. Yep. I just saw an image of that. And I was like, this is he is he is, you know, made he's an indelible character in Star Wars history. He's made a mark. He has worked on some of the most wonderful films in in not only just the history of Star Wars, but the history of cinema. And so I I, I mean, uh, we miss him. And uh, he's a wonderful soul. And uh, I mean, I was a massive Mythbusters fan as well. So yeah. it's, it's and a, it would a great loss either of you ever watched the show battle bots going way back in the comedy oh, sure, yeah oh he yeah was on, he was on one of the women winning teams he, he was created one of the winning battle bot robots so he was he does in the background before anyone knew who he was he was doing a lot creating a lot of the battle bots for that show oh, i was an addict of battle bots as well i think i was yeah. every day after, after um, school and 
you know, as Dave Filoni will often remind us, the prequels, especially episode one, I think has the most miniatures used in any Star Wars movie. He always likes to tout that because everyone keeps going about the CGI. And he's like, no, it actually yeah, has no. so many miniatures. And if you give Google Grant Imahara, just do a Google image search. Basically, what you'll get is 30, 40 pictures of him standing next to things that you didn't realize was a miniature from episode one. Right. Right. The that massive uh, droid control ship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Stuff on feed. Feed, yeah. yeah There's set yeah. pieces in feed that are all miniatures. And uh, that's a beautiful blend of, of Venice and the convention center in Marin County. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of, and it's just this brilliant design brought to life for these miniatures. And I mean, and Grant was there on the scene working yeah. on all that stuff. I will history. say, we can leave it on a positive note. The ray of hope I got out of this is that it reminded me about Mythbusters and how much I cannot wait to start watching that show with my daughter. Like, that is a great yeah. family show. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll have I, all you can be able to run back through, and um, his legacy will live on. He was a mm -hmm. massive contributor, um, a, a, a tough loss for um, yeah. kind everywhere, and just a, a great human being. Um, but you know, just another example. This could happen to anyone at any time. So uh, you know, hug your loved ones, live to be your best life, and uh, yeah, watch Star Wars. Exactly. Watch. Most importantly, watch Star Wars. Literally, I'm not even joking. <laughs> With yeah. your loved ones, make it a group event. <laughs> Exactly. Tick both boxes there. Well, um, back to uh, the we, we had a, a massive week of news um, this week. Really exciting announcements, which I did came out of left field. Um, this Bad Batch episode. I mean, yeah. we saw the the Filoni tease of Ahsoka. And I don't know if there's another shoe that's going to drop there. Oh, but yeah. then bang, uh, Bad Batch is going to get its own uh, animated series, you know, run by Filoni and his squad. Um, and, and yeah, and, and it's going to happen just after order 66, which is an interesting time, very interesting time. It's, we've seen some content based around Vader then, because that's like, that's, you know, you get early Anakin becoming Vader, which is, you know, the most sort of titillating part of, of that time period. But I, I it really makes me wonder, what are they going to do? Yeah, I, I, I got I got nothing. And, and I mean that in a good way. Like, I was really surprised by this news. Like, I had a lot of, like, ideas of what the next animated show would be. This was never on the list, right? Well, honestly, when it came through, I was like, really? Like, like not in a bad way, but I'm like, is this a joke? Like, I had to check the date and make sure it wasn't April Fool's. Yeah. It's not a bad I just figured. And, and by the way, it's also premiering in February of 2021, which means they've been working on this thing for yeah. years without telling us. So that yeah. was my way of skirting Ben's question of what are they going to do? <laughs> so, I, right, what are they going to do? I also have no idea what these what missions are going to be going on and, and what act, what they're going to be up to. Uh, but is this going to take place after Revenge of the Sith or during the Clone Wars? Do we know when it's? We do when know it's, it's after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is after this is after Order sixty six. So it's going to essentially pick up from where we saw them, and um, they're after their arc in uh, the Clone Wars. Which is buck wild. Yeah. Frankly, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, let me just start throwing some, you know, poodoo against the wall here. Um, well like, um, what I was like, I, my first thought was like, well, there's all these, uh, you know, rogue Jedi that are, are still out there in the world. And like, I, I mean, the first question you have to answer is do they, did they have chips, even though they were yeah. gen genetic anomalies? I have to think no. But but I mean it pivots on that right. If if they do have their chips, are they hunting Jedi? Are they bad guys? 
a hard it's a hard show to follow right it's a hard it's hard group to follow of people who have been like enslaved by chips so i'm guessing no but i mean i I want that i want that um pov from the dark side like pure you know dark side empire like or first order or something at at some point i mean we got it in phasma but you know more like that um because it's a tough thing to write but fascinating but i don't think this is going to be that so if, if their chips are disabled or they didn't get the the order 66 chips I'm wondering if they helped save Jedi. I wouldn't. Yeah, I think they would rally around a Jedi in right. the show. And, and a Jedi could very well be Ahsoka, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I w- it makes sense. And I, again, I have trouble with the clones because, you know, they're clones. Um, so Rex is with them, right? And we left it. Rex left with them. Is that correct? No, not Rex. Not uh, Rex. OK. Um, oh, gosh. Sorry, I don't have it pulled up. It's not fives. It's the one they rescued. Who's a who's a cyborg now? Right. Uh, is it fives? Oh gosh, this is great podcast right now. Well, really well, here's what I'll podcast. say: is I wonder if part of this is Rex's story too. I wonder if Rex becomes part of Bad Batch because we need to connect the dots between last time we saw Rex at the end of Clone Wars to when we see him again in Rebels, right? So I wonder if the Bad Batch, like, I wonder if this is Rex's story, a way into Rex's story that we don't know. Um, let me just do the thing. Escape from Skaka Minor. Blah, meow, meow. Sorry, am I talking out loud? You are. I'm the one who derailed this. So I no, I, I don't. It's not. Well, I mean, they, they intersected with Rex, but he was never part of it. That was just that. That was I mean, yes, Rex is as a part of it as, as Ahsoka is. I think right. that, I mean, Ahsoka, we are, you know, we know from the Ahsoka book, she sort of hit out with the family for a minute. And did some different things, but they they could ultimately meet up and she would be a great member of the Bad Batch. You know, like if she was sort of their leader and, and help them do yeah. some sort There's, of and I mean, it, so it could be a pre it could be a pre Rebels prequel sort of thing. So it could lead into, in you know, ultimately end up at Rebels when Ahsoka joins. That's what I was yeah. say, Ben, you've been watching. You just finished your rewatch of Rebels. Yeah. That starts, what, like five years before um, A New Hope? Is that about right? Like when Rebels first begins is a few years before A New Hope? Yeah, yeah. I don't have the exact amount of so years. Let's, let's I think go it's with six. Six. So that oh, means there's Echo. about... Yeah, there's about Echo. Echo, there you go. There's about 13 years between the end of Clone Wars and Rebels, right? Where we need to figure out what's going on with Ahsoka. We have the Ahsoka book, but we still have so much more to tell. What's going on with Rex? You know, so I, I have a feeling this is... There's going to still be a lot of those characters we we grew to love in we in in um, Clone Wars coming back around. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think if they you know they they're going to want to have the Force involved in this. Now that I I feel like I understand Filoni a little better, he understands what it takes to make a good Star Wars story. I mean, we've been outlining it in pillars, and um, we uh, Adam made a great infographic about that. It's definitely worth checking out. But I don't think you need <laughs> the nerdiest sentence ever. <laughs> Sorry, What's that? nerdiest yeah. sentence ever uh, adam made a listen. great infographic about i have two ideas for you guys i have two ideas what if they are needed by palpatine to to further develop his cloning process what if like he needs members of the bad batch just for reasons of stability or, or making sure his clones are stable some, that's a know, very grant answer that could be an interesting idea or the other idea is that i've always been looking for a vehicle to go explore the kaminoans and where they're at after uh, Revenge of the so, Sixth, and, and oh. this, uh, the Bad Batch could be a great vehicle for that because they're. Ooh, I like this one. They're I, like results of their their you know their science essentially. So here's my response in two parts. One, Grant never going to happen. 
to <laughs> Lucasfilm. <laughs> Lucasfilm, please hire Grant. Is um, that the Zeppo? Is that too Star Trek? And we no, I just I there because here's what's gonna be. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be the Incredible Hulk. It's gonna be a traveling band. It's gonna be the A Team. It's gonna be yeah, the yeah. A Team. Wild bunch of A Team. Yeah, they're gonna be like. It's gonna be traveling from planet to planet, helping people. Like I feel like that's what it's gonna be. But what's going to be the MacGuffin? What's going to be like, what's going to be their motivation? You know, it's like they could just, yeah. I mean, I would love a, a thing where they just bounce, no. you know, system to system. But I I mean, what you're you right. Brought up, what you brought up with the Kaminoans is that like, maybe they see what happened to their brothers, you know, and are, are trying to event. They're like, those aren't, that's not who we are. They were deceived. Yeah, I think that's and, the record, And they're looking right? for a redemption yeah, of their clone brothers. I love that story. Um, that would be that would be a great thing. And so th- so it would it would definitely involve the Kaminoans. That would be a great you know because yeah, the Kaminoans are great. Like that's a, a great reference to have and to I want to see the connective tissue and, between the Kaminoans and what we see in Rise of Skywalker. I want to see like something there that's a borrowed science. Or even or just something. in the Mandalorian, right? Like we know right. yeah, exactly. their it's shadow there too. is there. It's right yeah. there too. Yeah, I'm guys. Oh, but we're also yeah, going to get to we're going to get go. to like the connective tissue between Rise of Skywalker and everything else in our uh, reading Rathar segment. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, so excited for the show, twenty twenty one. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I made I made up the date of February. I was looking at the date of the premiere of um of uh, Clone Wars. So don't take me on that. But it's definitely in twenty twenty one. But that's still soon for an animated series. Right to just sort of pop up. Um, my my only, the only thing I wanted to add um i i love your idea grant that makes a lot yeah. i didn't think about the clone retribution at all it, but just to go down my weird jedi thing where they're sort of helping um lost jedi is like a sort of you know they're hunting the hunters that would be a cool thing but you know Ooh, another i like that a lot yeah another um a pillar that we haven't gone into yet but i can't wait to um which is sort of honor the past uh pre- presage the future um and, and always make the galaxy bigger. If they went through, they could investigate some Jedi that we've never heard of before and help some Jedi we've never heard of before and create these, you know, plant these seeds, if you will, of um, for stories that are yet to be told about some new Jedi that we haven't heard of. Like, you know, another Ahsoka or, another, you know, like a, a character that could be built off of and we could follow their path. I know we've been dwelling in this sort of sandwiched hundred, you know, years between um you know phantom menace and rise of skywalker um but it's it's a nice place for lucasfilm to work in because you can always pull in something familiar because there's always something nearby yeah Um, but that that was the one thing that 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 i thought was like it would be nice if they sort of created new jedi that we could follow their stories later i mean i think i mean there's been a lot of quote-unquote think pieces written this week for whatever reason about lucasfilm and what their plan is but it seems like the plan which makes sense after the mandalorian is Let's leave the Skywalker saga behind for a little bit and expand the universe, right? This idea of yeah. expanding the universe. So I think that's really great, Ben. I think that makes sense that they would just start dropping these seeds that could be expanded in other series, comics, books. Like, I think the High Republic book series is a good example of where they're going. Like, let's really just we have we have an infinite amount of time and an infinite amount of space. Let's explore it a little bit. Right. right. With these with the Star Wars tenets that we have there. I wonder, are we going to see people maybe, you know, Ben, when you're mentioning, you know, finding Jedi, saving Jedi, will there be a crossover with Jedi Fallen Order? Do we yep. get a Cal Kestis? Well, cameo, so we could do right? that. We yeah. could have that there. Yeah. So it's it seems to me, I mean, more that like Bad Batch is not the story. They're the vehicle, right? They're the vehicle yes. to tell yeah. these other narrative stories, um, which is the same thing as Rebels was a vehicle in a lot of ways. But 
that's what blew me away so much about that is because it was created from whole cloth within the timeline that we're all familiar with. It's just like, nope, this is an entirely new cast doing, you know, entirely new things. Um, and it was captivating. It was, and it was fantastic. He, he did the same oh. thing in resistance too. I, I thought the cast was great there, but it was, it was targeted a few years younger than, um, than rebels. A, it a was lot also, of yeah. It was also shoehorned in, in terms of the time frame. in terms of, they can only do so much where they set it. Clone. They nice say about clone wars and the bad batch is like, there's a lot of years and room for them to play with. Same thing with Rebels, yeah. right? Like, it's a very unknown era. Like, it's, I always say there's 35 years. This is something different. There's 35 years between Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. We need to start telling really great epic stories in that time frame. There's a lot of untold stories in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, yeah there's I, think, a lot I think you're dead on, Ben, with expanding yeah. the galaxy uh, and having the Bad Batch meet you know, wholly new characters like new Jedi, new clone commanders we've never met before, liberating yes. these people. And then I also want to touch on what you said earlier, which was that you'd have them fight the Inquisitors, have the, have have them be foils to, to what the, the Empire is raising as their kind of like henchmen, you know, and like and yeah. they can go and be like the three musketeers and save Jedi and save clones that they 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 see are, you know, enslaved or trapped or in danger. And then they, they can be like these protectors. Like that would be really, really fun to see that. Yeah. Show. I well, love this brainstorming session. We've come up with some really. I truly appreciate it because when I heard there was news about the Bad Batch, I went, really? I, I was cool. Like, I'd be like, can we just do an animated movie? Do we need a series on it? But then that's just my limited brain space right now. Like, here you all talk about it. I'm like, yeah, I want the series now. I'm very, very excited. I've, I've completely 180 on this and I cannot wait for the series. Yeah. Hopefully we've done that with for some listeners too. Um, I know the same thing for me. I, that's why I love having this little hive mind. Um, participate with us on our discord server, please. If you're listening to this, um, we, we love talking to our listeners there. I'm trying to get better about not posting to our private, um, yeah. channel and, <laughs> and put all of the news in here so we can sort of have our live takes, um, yeah. live on discord. Um, and, and do it there but yeah uh, which in our next segment we posted that news and that led to a really interesting discussion on discord which is going to bleed into what we're going to talk about next which i think is great i love this idea that like your interaction with us offline impacts how we have this discussion online yeah right so you, you can impact our show before it happens um i think that's that would be ideal um so yeah hopefully you're stoked on the series i am already i have uh, lucas level faith in filoni now uh, yeah, I, it's like after like reviewing his stuff and seeing that uh, Star Wars gallery, um, I in in Filoni, I trust. Uh, Agreed. All right, why don't we get into this? Uh, you guys Let's get to that. Tin foil that. Do it. Yeah. Tin foil helmets. For the ages. All right, All right. lock tin foils, <laughs> baby. Lock tin foils in attack position. All right, yeah. So, lock tin foils into attack position uh, for real. Um, this came out of nowhere um, and delighted me completely. We had a little conversation on Discord about it. Uh, Hayden Christensen rumored to have a large role in the new upcoming Kenobi series. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. I mean, famously, Anakin Skywalker and later Darth Vader. Uh, what are we going to get out of Hayden here? I mean, don't if, if first of all, if either of you come at me with like he's going to play a different role other than Anakin and or Vader, um, I don't want to hear it. Uh, but like, wait, is that a rumor? <laughs> yeah, no. Like now I'm trying to figure out who he would play. I wait. was like, I, I also try to be witty. It's not a rumor, but I, I'm you know I've already fleshed it out in my mind, and it's like if they, you know, like you know, 
Matt uh, Lanter or something. He just plays a bunch of different people. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. Like, he's just like, I want to be in it. Like, he, he's got to <laughs> be he's got to be Anakin. But like, See, I, I don't do think get... it's going to be a meaty role, though. I don't think it's going to be a big role in yeah. the show. That's what I, I will say that this is still, you know, reiterating. This is a rumor, right? So, yes, correct. I, I feel like. It's been launched upon by every if, media outlet if since they go the if out. they go the right of if they go the route of reuniting Hayden and Hugh McGregor, I feel like they're playing with magic again, and they can do some really interesting stuff. And you could do like a saber fight that mirrors what they do in Revenge of the Sith, but it's like a training exercise, and they can be talking. You could do something do like you that, think like flashbacks. Like sort of what, thing? what we got in Rise of Skywalker, they could easily do that because they just did that. And you can easily yeah. do that again because it works so well in terms of just telling an emotional yeah. story. Also, Quick. have you seen Hayden Christensen right today? Yeah, he looks great. Yeah, you don't need any makeup. That that guy just looks like when he had the de-age him, he would just look. Yeah. Um, so well, wouldn't it be a treat for them to get back together and sword fight again? Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't that be yeah. interesting? Any do any interaction like so? I'm the only social media that I guiltily participate in is Reddit. But so if you're on the Reddit, there's there's our Star Wars, which has, you know, like 100 and, you know, 40,000 members. But recently prequel memes are prequel memes, which is all about just memes about the prequels. It has surpassed. They, they have more members <laughs> than our Star Wars, which yeah. is bonkers. So these That's are like not surprising to me. Hardcore prequel fans. And like, granted, a lot of it's tug in cheek. But like they're like hardcore prequel fans out there <laughs> yeah, that just yeah. want to see more of these like iconic lines, and they want to see it in like Luke, Lucas's language, and they want to have this. And yeah. I think that's what they're they're actually going to build on that and be like, there's an audience for this, and to have these interactions that we didn't see on the big screen between Obi Wan and Anakin, hopefully in flashbacks, meditative flashbacks, whatever, um, would be awesome. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so much so, fan service. Yeah. I, so part of the rumor seems to be suggesting that he had a small role to begin with. And then they decided to expand it because it's so good. And I wonder if part of why <laughs> part of my thinking is so I'm just going to say Hayden Christensen is not the to me personally and to a lot of people is not the best thing about the prequels. And, and I think part of that might Watch be because he was I think part of it is because he was young. He was a new actor and he didn't have an actor's director to help him along. I've seen him since in a lot of things. He's a very good actor. He can act. He is solid. And so I wonder if part of it is they got him on set and they realized, oh, this guy actually acts like he's actually like competent. Let's write more stuff around him. And so part of me wonders, like to me, my brain's going in three options. We either get flashbacks, we get force visions or we get force Skyping between yeah. Obi and Anakin. And because at this point we know that Obi-Wan knows that Anakin is Darth Vader. So I think all three where, where are Where do we table. all land on this though? Because I'm I'm gonna land on flashback. That's, That's my preference. Saying. That's what I want them to yeah. do. Yeah. My my preference is flashback, and I think that would be offer the the largest um, you know, scope of, of things you could do. You could do flashbacks endlessly. Yeah. Um for Skyping though. Um, or force zooming, I guess, in our current um, state, um, has some interesting things because I, I, it made me remember that like force skyping happened before um, the Last Jedi. I mean, um, Luke an and Leia force skyped yep. in, uh, in, uh, in Bespin. Happens in New Hope with Obi Wan and uh, Luke, essentially. We also well, have but he was dead. He, that was more like force ghosts skyping, which is a little different. 
but like you had like uh luke reach out to leia you know while he's hanging from the the bottom of um that of bestman um yeah and, and she answered him and could hear him and could talk to him so there could be a sort i mean we're talking about dyads, you know, yep. sort of like minor dyads. I mean, Luke and yeah. Leia are definitely one, but I, we, we've definitely talked before about I, um, Anakin and Obi-Wan being a, a dyad and uh, in their own way. So that well, they could have that connection and he could be like, oh, why did you fall? You know, why did you? Do I mean, that would be very compelling. So part of me is that's the thought is right. Like we Yoda sends him to kill Anakin right in episode three, which he does. He tries to do. But very reluctantly, right? And I feel right. like we still need a distance between him killing and killing, quote unquote, Anakin, to him telling Luke that he has to kill his father. There's distance to be traveled there, right? So maybe that's what the series is: is him being convinced over these force skyping that he has gone too far. There is no redemption left for Anakin Skywalker. Like maybe he's spending the series yeah. trying to convince Anakin come back to the light. There's light here. And maybe Anakin's just showing him all the evil he's been doing, like just slaughtering people, right? To be like, finally, by the end of the series, he's just like, nope, there's nothing left. Anakin is no longer alive. Luke has to kill him, right? Luke has to destroy right. his evil. I mean, the thing is, is that like Anakin's, uh, Vader is looking for him, so he can't give too much away there. Nope. But there is that comic book um, when they did the the Vader, um, the, the second Vader run, uh, and, and he has that uh, Vader has this moment, right, where he, he has to decide whether he's going to, um, you know, change his kyber crystal into a red crystal yeah. and, and, and join the dark side and, and, and be um, Darth Sidious's apprentice or but he goes to this fantasy sequence where he doesn't change it. He kills the emperor and then he goes back uh, and mea culpas to Obi-Wan. Yeah. And and, you know, if they want to really play on that, there's like, you know, there there's some room there for Obi-Wan to plant some seeds to to make him at least think about it. I don't know. It To me, I, I would use a, a lesser portion of that and a greater portion of flashbacks. Yeah. Of, of those two. Yeah, two. I agree. I love Just flashbacks. My, my, pitch, love, my, yeah. Yeah. my my quick pitch would be uh, a flashback to a siege, like an outer rim siege. Yeah. Obi-Wan and Anakin just in the yes. rain. Maybe their Jedi hoods are up and, you know, there's a little bit of makeup and de-aging just to make them look like they would, you know, around the time of Revenge of the Sith. And uh, right. and Gee. and at that point, you then um, you can then show maybe that the situation where there's a war and then maybe by direct order from the Jedi Council, they're told to lead a forward assault against some sort of separatist base. But the separatist forces are mixed with kind of these this tyrannical regime that's already you know, taking a foothold on the planet. Yeah. And then something terrible happens based on those orders from the Jedi Council. And then you see Anakin's potential for violence in that moment. And then uh, and then it can cut to the desert to Tatooine and just mm. one kind of reckoning with this. And then maybe a, a, a portion with Qui-Gon and Liam Neeson. Maybe you bring Liam Neeson into this movie as well. Sure. Because uh, I think yeah. that would be full circle at that point. And what you're talking about, Adam, that's exactly what it's the same exact theme where yep. Obi-Wan is coming full circle and understanding what he did was right and fighting for the Jedi way was right. And the Jedi were the best among us and what and and slaying Anakin, you know, right. you know and thinking that he slayed Anakin was the right thing to do because Anakin had fallen. And he had, Grant, your yeah. version is much more dynamic, which I love. And plus, there's two good things. One about that is we also get 
part of my my one of my biggest disappointments about the prequels, which again I love, which I love, is that we don't. I don't feel like we get enough of Anakin and Obi Wan being good friends, right? We're told that they're good friends. We needed more more of that. So if we get more screen time with them together, like live action and bonding, even if it's through war or whatever. The second thing, which is very insular, that means we probably get to see Obi Wan in his Clone Wars armor in live action, which yes. I would I would just squeal. I, Carly would look at me like, "What are you? Why are you making this noise?" <laughs> yeah. like, right. you can play in their armor, and and yeah. uh, Anakin has his armor on in there. And uh, oh yeah, they both have They're yeah. pretty. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. I yeah. The the other I would do the flip side of that, uh, Adam, which is um. They, they did a lot of it in Clone Wars, they but yeah. it, 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 they could show how Anakin really fell when he slayed the Tusken Raiders and was well on his way to the dark side before um, the scene in the throne room where he cuts off Mace Windu's arm. You yeah. know, so it, like it, it could be these clues that that um, Obi-Wan picked up that were like, you know what? He was he was there, man. He was yeah. already there and I missed it. Um, and, and he'll only see it in hindsight. What we do know is that when we finally get to old Ben, you know, that crazy hermit, uh, crazy old wizard in the desert, he's at peace and he's in fully understanding. Yeah. And he's at like OP apotheosis, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in his strongest form. Um, so he needs to, you know, do some some self-care. He needs to look at himself. He needs to figure out what he did wrong, you know, uh, forgive himself. And and move forward and, you know, understanding that he's like, you know what, I made a mistake. I, I, I missed these things. I love this person and it clouded my, you know, my vision. There's I mean, just putting him in there opens up a lot of really cool ideas. And also, you know, we, we talked about how are they going to get this story off of Tatooine? You know, like it, it, you can't just have the story all take place on Tatooine just to, no, for being a yeah. Star Wars show. it you know, it can't just sit there in, in the dunes, you know, and, and this is a good way to do it is by with through flashbacks. Love it. Um, on a completely on a whimsical way to end this segment. Do you know that Hayden Christensen was in a TV show in, in 2000 called Higher Ground? <laughs> Ironic. Moving on. <laughs> You would really love our prequel means. <laughs> I, just, I just Googled him and it came up and I'm like, really? All right. Yeah. Uh, Most of uh, prequel memes is the uh, opera scene and every line from um, Senator Palpatine, who is a that. god. Um, and then uh, Obi-Wan, who's, you know, revered. And lately uh, the new one has been um, Grievous. That's like. Ooh, another lightsaber to add to my collection. And it's just like whenever there's a lightsaber that falls somewhere. So like at the end of the rise of Skywalker, he throws yeah, his lightsaber into the ocean. Yeah. You see someone like animated Grievous <laughs> running and like diving into the water after it. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's goofy and dumb and fantastic all at the same time. Anyways, uh, that's some good tinfoil right there. Anything else you want to add to this uh, miraculous discovery of Star Wars? I don't know. Stuff? Rumor? <laughs> Yeah. It's time to scramble the fighters and begin our attack runs. Let's do it. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rafta. Reading Rafta. Reading Raftar. Alright, welcome to another episode of Reading Raftar. 
And this week we're doing a review of Shadowfall. We all read it as of now. I think we, we uh, Adam recently, again, another congratulations, just had a child. And uh, he is now a father. And we had to push this a couple of weeks, but we were going to cover it, I think, two or three <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah. I but had this then, whole grand theme of like, here are the three shows we're going to tape on one night because my baby's due on day <laughs> X. And then she decided, no, no, I'm coming a week early. And that threw everything. So these two finished it like did their homework and <laughs> finished it like three weeks ago. And I just finished three hours ago. So my notes are rough, but this book was fantastic. I think yeah. we, all, we all liked it. Right. I mean, yeah. Uh, let's just get into our initial thoughts. Like, what's your what would you what's your takeaway from this book? So this is this for context, right? It's Shadowfall by by Alexander Freed, right? It's the second in the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. That's all. Correct. If that's not a mouthful, I don't know what it is. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what it is. Shadowfall, yeah. second book, Alphabet Squadron. We read Alphabet Squadron last year, I believe. And yeah. uh, that was, I was, I think, our favorite book of the year. Or, it was good. It's, yeah. it's very good. It was great. I mean, I my big takeaway is that it's it's similar to my takeaway after reading the first is that, you know, my favorite series in the old EU was the uh, Rogue Squadron novels. Um, I think it did a really good job of building a team, like doing that kind of building the ensemble, which I always enjoy, giving them things to do. And then the description of... Um, you know, the starfighter battles were spot on. And I always struggle with that. Like right now I'm reading through the, um, the, uh, new Jedi order series from the old EU. And at times I won't name names of authors. I have trouble following the fighting, the starfighting. Yeah. I just kind of like, okay, this person died. This person won. I think Alexander Freed really does such a wonderful job of going back to that old, uh, Rogue Squadron being able to write in descriptive ways that really I feel like I'm just there and I'm visualizing the fighting and I love that. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite parts of this book were um, the you, you, when we got into the actual star fighting battles. Um, it, it sort of it starts off and we have a lot of character development and things are going on and they're sort of reestablishing our our crew. Um, and then, but then it just takes off about, you know, a third of the way through and it's just like bang action and, and, and all these interesting storylines and going in, in crazy places. I, I really like Alexander Freed and his writing. Um, it, it's an interesting, it, it's an interesting like donation to the world because it's, it's, it's very much classic star Wars and that we know we're getting a trilogy and this is very much his empire strikes back. Yep. Um, and um, and and I felt it coming, and I was like, "Oh, please don't, please don't," come. because I, I love his characters, and I and I love the you know the protagonists in this series, and I wanted them to all succeed. But I'm like, "Oh man, I I you know I have a bad feeling about this um, for, for a lot of the book." Um, and you know, it's you know, spoilers. You're all like, if you're listening to this, this this is we're going to talk about the whole book. So um, it goes in um, interesting places um, and, and dark places. But um, he he did a great job with it. So it felt very much like a movie and like um, yes, like a movie script while still, you know, expanding deeply upon these characters as only as a, a novel can do. Well, I mean, that's exactly what we do, right? Book or, or, or the first part in the trilogy, you build the ensemble. Second part, you break the ensemble up. Right. I mean, it's right. classic. Yeah. It's a classic. And that's exactly what this novel is. is. The first half of this novel is the ensemble working together. The second half of the novel is disaster happens they're all on different plate they're all in different places right and so yeah. that's where we get the character development yeah his his descriptions for starfighter battles are unparalleled and inspired but mm -hmm. um 
we, I mean, we can talk about that all day, and I'll we'll even share passages of that stuff. But let's just catch people up. Alphabet Squadron was kind of the, the they were the the, 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 um, the initial kind of um, the meeting of Erica Quill and Karen Aiden, and the um, the creation of uh, Alphabet Squadron with all of uh, our favorite our five pilots that we love. Right. Formed yeah. by kind of like the people who survived the decimation of their previous squadrons, right? This is made up of like survivors. It's kind of like a ragtag group. Well, their, their specific mission is to kill the, the 204th uh, shadow. Wing right. Because but, they're all survivors from battles. against yes, that specific exactly. Group. Where their squadrons were decimated. Right. Yeah. Or I guess not. I, sorry, Ben, I don't no. want to say decimated. That's well, the yeah, wrong term. Yeah. It's <laughs> sorry. I, that, I apologize. That, actually, that works. That works. Yeah, they, they all have kind of these really dark more. pasts and uh, lasting trauma, and they're navigating that during this post war galaxy. Yeah. They they have blood feud with um, the Jill Fourth. Yes. And, um, you know, Erica Quell is the, you know, former um, Imperial that's, that's really wrestling with this because she, she has a dark past and she's trying to hide from everyone. And because, you know, she she committed this atrocity, but it was her commanding officer who is now the commanding officer again of the 204th, um, Soren Kesey, that told her to just leave. He's just like, get out of this. You don't want to do this. You don't have the stuff for this. And she did. But she at the time she was, you know, in a like, you know, Holocaust scenario where she yeah. just she's committed genocide, you know, planet side, whatever um, of yeah. place. And, and, and yeah. she's she's worried how people will think about it and people find out about it in this yeah, and that that's her her trauma is is necronus and the event uh, events on necronus where she was uh you know aiding in genocide by being in shadow wing during that time she was yeah know, she, was, she was the second in command under major keys you know that was she was one of his top pilots at that point yeah and uh and there was just atrocities taking place on that planet and that is her that is her backstory and that's a that is her kind of like that's what she's grappling with throughout this book as well. It's kind of carried over and that trauma is very real and it's kind of a trigger for her. Whenever someone mentions Necronus, it's, it's, it's just, she sees all these visions of it. It's just right. this horrifying, horrifying incident in her, her right. career. And there's that ticking clock element of like, so her commanding officer and I can't, is it, I can't remember the name of the character, um, striving nuts. Um, is the only one who knows about her dark oh, secret. Oh, K- right? Karen Aiden. Karen Aiden, right, knows about the this. New Republic so, intelligence officer. Exactly. And they have a really kind of budding, almost romance, right? Like, they really, it's really interesting. They kind of respect yeah. each other. There's an attraction there. Even though he's uh, kind of blackmailing her, it's well, really we know, fascinating. We know, we know Chas and Quell are, are romantically linked. Yes. Yeah. But, but hey, I, I'm, you know. Spe- right there, spectrum there's, guys right yeah <laughs> like, oh, i feel like there's 100 i feel like I there's think, also tension between the two of them right i feel like there's, there's an interesting chemistry of, to them yeah. wherein he knows everything about her and yes. she is and what that means he he knows all of her war crimes and it's fascinating and he's just standing next to her in every you know in the room and that's but, just too much for her to handle sometimes she's like but oh, she no, also has like this weird budding respect at the same time I, I love that idea it's written really well where she's like battling this i have respect for this person but this person is also blackmailing me like there's yeah. this whole yeah. like underlying thing that's really interesting there the kind of this love-hate relationship and there's that ticking clock of knowing that's hanging over her head and then just this you know we're again spoiler alert just because of you know circumstances and and getting you know basically stranded for a couple of years he has basically a fail safe that if he dies or goes you know un, unseen for a while 
he releases that secret out to everyone. So about halfway through the novel, everyone finds out right. that that she is yeah. uh, she was responsible for basically the genocide of an entire planet. Right, because he doesn't entirely trust right. her, especially at the yeah. beginning. I mean, which is a he's, great plot device. He yeah. sends out like a HAL 9000-esque kind of yes. message. Yeah. Well, I mean, Will Lark <laughs> and I guess Chas as well. I mean, so th- that's one of the characters, right, is IT-0 um, is his is very HAL 9000. There was a lot of 2001 in yes. this book. Yes, the there was a lot. <laughs> it would it would it made me really want to see this on the big screen. It was a very easy to imagine um, novel yeah. in terms of the messenger droids, like watching the uh, Imperial higher ups as well yeah. as I- Ito or ITO and Eurocra on the nameless planetoid and the, the tower like that moment that moment so much of this has like and then the message like there's a yep. lot of this book that was 2001 and yeah. it also it takes place right in front of a black hole which yeah. is um, i mean <laughs> a, a beautiful yeah. it, it, it's just so vivid in my mind um i i read that segment during many days of sleep deprivation and it was really i felt like i was going insane you were reading that like her void. trying to like keep time based on the rising and falling of a black hole and there's like a there's like an interrogation droid that's also just a therapy droid but maybe it's actually back to a torture droid because of it's like reset and i'm like that segment i was just like oh, i was reading that awesome. like 4 30 in the it morning I'm like what is happening it's, it's kind of genius. I mean, it's yeah. so clear in your head, like you're on this desolate planet and you can see it like they're all mortally wounded and they're just trying to survive. You know, a droid, a Balosar and a human just like, you know, and this is obviously jumping ahead towards the end. But um, it, Wait, so it, the, it's so the, a beautiful backdrop. The setting, though, the setting of this story, Shadowfall. So after I opened Squadron where there's that big event at Pandem Nye and this explosion at this Tabana gas mining facility and the death of Grandmother... And now we're moving to the second book. And the, the setting for this book is the Cerberon system. And Cerberon, what we're talking yeah. about is there's no star at the center of the system. There's just a black hole, the eye of Cerberon. That's what's right. dubbed, dubbed by the, the huh. natives of all the, all the planets there. Right. But, uh, familiar. And they yeah. know in a few thousand years, it's going to all be nothing. Like it's yeah. all going to get sucked <laughs> into the black hole. But yet it's this, I mean, which just casts this pall over the system in a beautiful way. But it's just like, well, it's all going to end soon. Like you're constantly looking at your doom, even though you're not going to live a right. thousand years. But it's like, you know, it, it's still always just right there is just, I don't know. It seems like a lot of negative energy to me um, but a great place for a Sith temple. I'll tell you that. It's true. And it's just, you know, in many ways, we, we talk about Yurka Quell, but she has her story is definitely told. But there's large swaths of this book where she, her story just disappears. Right. And this is really yeah. reflecting on this. This is Will Lark's and Chastnachatic's book, in my in my estimation, because those are the characters I feel like get the most plot development. I feel like they move Yurka Quell from point A to point B in quite an interesting way and set her up to be a really interesting character in the third book. But I don't feel like there's a lot of character development necessarily because we don't really know why she did what she did at the end of this thing. I mean, I have my theories why she did what she did, and we can talk about that, but I feel like... We actually get character change. Infiltration, maybe? Exa- yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's got to <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like spelled out. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but it's but you're like, like, I mean, you're led to believe that she's like flipped back to the dark side because she's so instable. Oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and well, that's what's the spelled trial out. That's what, makes, that's what makes me under. That's, what, that's how I know it's infiltration because that's that was uh, explicit. It was explicit yeah. that she was going dark at the end there. And I was like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> 
Yeah, you don't well, introduce I that mean, character. It was an right. interesting trial to be able to. It was. The Sith Temple was like, like you need to come to peace with your evil and and really embrace your evil and, and understand why it's there and not, rec- you know, recede from it, but embrace right. it. And, um, and I mean, the lesson is going to be if you embrace it and understand it, you can leave it behind. Right. You can put right. it down. If you understand right. it, you can move away from it, which is going to be beautiful in the third book. I'm really excited for her. Yeah her development in the third book. But this one is like, Will Lark, we get his kind of him becoming a leader, right? Leaving behind the trauma and becoming a leader. And Chasna Chaddock stuff with the cult, I just was really enjoying that. Oh, part that yeah. Book. yeah. Well, yeah. first, Chas, Chas in the early part, in part one, I think, uh, and part two, she's going to these bars and having probably the greatest bar moments in all of Star Wars <laughs> history. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in these books. And then um, and there's a, and then the, the, the Midsommar stuff that happens later is <laughs> crazy. Right there. Like, and I really thought they were going to connect the children of the empty sun to that Sith temple and kind of like a Sith doctrine that had kind of like permeated mm. a long was, time ago. But they never did. And they never made that kind of full circle. Nope. Maybe third book. I was enjoying it. I was expecting more to come of it. But I, I have a feeling like, again, we're part of a series. So let's see what happens right. with it. A little First. more um, ground here. Um, so Chastin Chaddock, we find out that she was brought up by cultists, different cultists. Um, and, oh, yeah. and sort of already yeah. has this sort of like, you know, chip on her shoulder about it. But she like knows what a Kawa cult thinks and how it works. And she needs to survive um, after she crash lands or is taken in actually rather by this cult. Um, and so she knows how to infiltrate it. And it's it's a really interesting journey she goes on um, internally and externally through this cult to, to try to get back to where um, she needs to be. It, it's I mean. The more I'm talking about this with you guys, I feel like this book is kind of genius. It's yeah. it's a really interesting new take on a middle chapter, and it's really setting up a, f- a amazing third third installment. It went directions I was not expecting and thoroughly enjoyed. The leader of the cult was super interesting. Latich, yeah. Uh, yeah, everything that character was saying was the state of the galaxy. Yeah, because it, I mean, it's is it a little Christian? It felt it felt a little like a Christian cult in some ways. Like, yeah. oh, forgiveness and you know and and it's just like oh you find your new thing and yeah and because she's like you know I understand why you're doing this I know why you have to do you know you know rebel and do this and you'll always have a home here it's it's you know it, it's a little it's a little Christian um it, it takes some Christian values there yeah there's a lot about spreading this doctrine as well which was kind oh of yeah eerie. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had that, serious missionary like, yeah, motivations. Yeah. And there's then there's a lot of like Fight Club, like AA circles. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. Like, a lot of people are sharing their trauma. <laughs> and um, that's here's also a sentence that Scientology. I wrote down as best sentence in the book, which is a tusk, a tusk aqualish spoke at length in a language that Chas didn't understand. He was applauded and embraced when he finished. <laughs> that's so weird i highlighted I that like, too and yeah, I, didn't know yeah I have that one too as well. like, this is so bizarre and out of place and yeah, i love it i love it yeah that's so funny yeah so i made a bunch of notes in this thing but they were mostly uh really flourished um writing there's some really beautiful writing in here um that i just uh, adored um i also highlighted every time um she mentioned one of her her like um the music she was listening to in her cockpit, which is like my favorite thing. I've started now just writing. Oh yeah. There's, I mean, there's some of that. There's some like, um, 
Da, da, da. Let me just go. Low drum beat. Swift. The Hutties accented lyrics splashed against static and filled the cockpit. Narvath retro shutter from yeah. a ship's chip. She'd stolen off a drunk fool in the Western reaches. I mean, like every time, like, I mean, it's beautiful. And this, it, this is one line on death was a broken promise, which is like that is you can put that on as a her on Chastin Chaddock's epitaph. Yeah. And it leads up to like this book and the last book kind of leads up to this this like tr- moment of triumph at the end of this book where so after she escapes the cult, she's lost all of her music. Yes. Right. And it's commented on and it's commented on by, I think, Will Lark or maybe it's NASA. I can't remember. Says like, that's weird. It seems very quiet on your end. Why don't you sing us a song? And she just starts belting something out while she's flying and just destroying TIE fighters. And it was this moment where I just want to, like, pump my fist in the air. Like, it was this yeah. great moment of her triumph. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bummer because I loved those, like, he, I don't know. Alexander Freed, much respect, man. Like, he, he's really created this really interesting world. And uh, for me as a musician, like, I just love that um, he's creating these, like, genres of music within – star wars and he seems to have like a bag that's like bottomless as yeah it's like pulling these things out it's awesome a lot of great like uh nouns in here too um just like sort of oh yeah rapid patter of a lolitian polita folk singer uh, <laughs> filled the cockpit that's like kind of great but there's just you don't know it's just a lot of great just things in here um Sorry, the, the slip glass conglomerate like just slides that in there. And um, he, he's got a lot of great nouns. Grant and I work together or used to work together a lot um, on the same com. And we'd always be looking for good names. And this one was uh, chock full of it. Yeah. And I love Will's squadron. Like later in this book, Will mm-hmm. get, puts a squadron together. A ragtag squad. And their dialogue is so funny and kind of upbeat. Yeah interesting and classic x-wing fighter pilot yes dialogue it's really great stuff uh i think he's an expert when it comes to that uh, i wanted to go back to the cult's leader for a second because i've been searching for this quote yeah because that is quote where i'm like are they right like maybe i'm buying into this yeah because yeah. <laughs> she says uh the force exists in every species but it only shows us what we're meant to do when we operate as a larger organism a community Everything I've done, I've done to create a community that nurtures, thrives, and supports life. No republic or empire, just people depending on people for love. <laughs> I'm like, where do I sign? Do you want all my savings? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what I was saying. I was like, she's right. She was right. Yeah. Yeah. She's a utilitarian, essentially. Yeah, and fascinating, too. She's like a, she's an organic creature that like literally has like mushrooms growing off her, and that's like... Yeah. I would love Chass to... Chas beats the crap out of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Chas punches occultists in the neck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> neck punch. Chas is a fantastic character. She's yeah, she's a... punk rock to the core. You'll have to go back and check out our coverage of Alphabet Squadron, but I'm pretty sure we kind of went through and we we picked our favorites, and I'm fairly certain she was my favorite and remains my favorite character so far in the series. Yeah, there's some great action here. We probably highlight all the action in this book, but let's just talk more about the story. Uh, so after the cult, um, at the, the, the end of the day, we have to announce there's some, some big stuff happens. I mean, uh, spoilers, uh, Karen Aiden dies in this book, Yeah, the new Republic intelligence officer. Uh, what was your guys reaction to his death in, in that part of the story? Uh, I felt fine, but I cried when ITO died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a, 
That was just a bizarre <laughs> fever, fever dream of a scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was good. It was it was I, I appreciate it. It was well done. Uh, that's not a character I particularly liked, but I don't think you were supposed to particularly like him. So I was kind of like, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was time. He served his purpose yeah. and um you know, they created a good bond between Erica and, and him. And but it, it's symbolic in that she's sort of getting out from underneath her fears. Um, okay. And because he was the one that really had the thumb on top of her. Um, so now she's going rogue and doing her thing and she can actually sort of show her true colors, um, uh, you know, from behind enemy lines. Yeah, it's cool. The chess brought up Jyn Erso. Yeah, I had that quote, too. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's her hero. She's yeah. that was huge in the first book. Was that she always wanted to be this martyr and always thought she'd be this martyr, but she just can never die. She's like, as much as she tries to sacrifice herself, she just can't. And she just keeps and, surviving. Yeah. And, and that awesome. scene that you're touching on is incredible in this book where she survives after the the both the yeah. lodestar and the edict plummet on Detroit. The uh, uh she's in the debris fields and she I guess ejects or she leaves her ship and she yeah. just floats away in the void to be yeah. recovered. Recovered by the but, children, but her, yeah, and her story is like Chas. That's her, like Jin is Chas's. Like, like you said, it's 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 the person she admires the most. But there's a really depressing line where basically she says, um, "Chas was the antithesis of everything Jin or so was. Where Jin died, Chas lived. Where Jin brought life, Chas left the burnt corpses of friends in her wake. Jin had fought an impossible war against an overwhelming army. Chas was finishing an easy war from a position of strength." Wow, that's a low moment for a person. Uh, so Kairos is just taken out of the store. It's kind of sidelined yeah. early on. Yeah. If I have two issues with this book, that's the first one. Because that was the character I was most looking yeah. for. It was certainly my favorite character in here. Um, Alexander Freed did amazing things in the first book with uh, Kairos. And it's it's a, I mean it's the most intriguing character to me. But what you know on the positive side, he did increase the the sort of mystery factor of Kairos, yes. which is her greatest yeah. thing. And and hopefully in the third chapter we're going to get some payoff there, um, where some of these things are going to be solved. There's going to be some this blossoming of of new yeah. ideas there. We do get a little more of what she looks like outside of her armor, and we actually get a line from her at the very end of the book. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, there's stuff going on there. I'm going to be like, okay, fine. We'll see her in chapter three. I'm sure we'll get some more, but yeah. Yeah. And I thought Nath was present for a lot of the great action beats in this story, but I, I don't feel like there's yeah. a lot of growth yeah. in that character. Nope. Yeah. It just, that, I mean, yeah. It, 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 you know, increased and kept on going with what his character is. He was the guy because he's very amicable. He's a gregarious member. Um, and so and, and he opened up the whole thing with the ground troops. You yes. know, like he was the connection to the ground troops and being like, listen, you know, like they're doing the dirty work down there. We need to be good to them, because if you ever crash, your life is going to depend on them. And um, that was a really important and interesting new idea. You know, so he was constantly buying rounds and like being that yeah. guy that you know chatting them up and and will saw that and that that helped in will lark's development as well i was gonna say if that's the only the only thing you can maybe say with development from nath is that he decided that and he makes there's a line i don't have it highly where he consciously decides i will never be a leader again like i am passing the baton to will like there's a moment where he's just like yeah. i can be here and i can support and i can help but i am done leading like it's someone yeah. else's turn 
because Will's a stud flyer. Like, yeah. And the weird thing with him is that he's always got one foot back home. He's just like, am I done yet? You know, like, can I can I stop doing this? Um, but he's he's an amazing flyer, and 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 he does know things about leading now. And Nath did a lot of great stuff to sort of help him mature and um, be the leader that that he should be for an A squadron. You know, and and he did a lot of good things, and he's got his heart's in the right place. Like Will is definitely a um, you know a really classic hero in in these stories, and um, yeah. Does some great, great stuff. And it's great being in the cockpit with him um, as Alexander Freed writes him. So, you know, I'll say so I kind of alluded to there's two like to me weak points in the book to a book that I really, really enjoyed. So I want to make that clear. Like, I love this book. These two little things did not really affect me. The first being Kiros kind of disappearing, though it makes me excited to the mystery factor makes me excited for the third. The second is at times and this might just be a larger thing about Star Wars. So I don't want to get into too much of a minefield. But it felt like there was some forced synergy happening in this book occasionally. <laughs> and I had two examples of this. The first, which we'll probably talk about more, so let's talk about, is like, hey, guys, have you heard of Vanguard Squadron? Right. <laughs> right. If you haven't heard of Vanguard Squadron, they're going to be the main protagonists <laughs> in an upcoming uh, video game that's coming yeah. out uh, yeah. very soon in October. October, or... yeah. 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 And Ray Sloan also. So that's the second one. Is they, oh, yeah. They, there was a lot from Aftermath mm. for, that was in here, and I enjoyed the race mode. The messenger stuff, I'm almost done with this. If you don't, if stop feeding me freaking breadcrumbs with the with the Emperor's right. messenger droids and just do something. Sorry, I'm right. really frustrated. There is a moment in this, this book where one of uh, Akiza's pilots, Kadende, like, that was like, great. like cuts himself yeah. in front it's of a, a blood sacrifice and, like, altar. But places his blood in like the leathery hand of the, I the love messenger that, droid. I love that, though. The fact that he's like, like, <laughs> pledges Empire his life to the Empire. Praying yeah, to the, the, the Empire messenger. That makes so much sense. And it's this beautiful thing and wait like, how haunting was it when the messenger just started like rolling up onto the the freighter and it just uh keys is looking at it i mean like how did it get here like yeah it was brought yeah, by this random shuttle from the the area or wherever it was or the, the edict or wherever it was it was just flown from there before it exploded to where the freighter was and then it was just getting on the freighter i have a love hate autonomously messenger droids because i love what it's doing i love operation cinder i love that i feel like there's a connection between this and rise of skywalker but like we were introduced to these things in 2015 at this point, right? So, Battlefront, yeah. like, Battlefront like, Two, basically, the, was guys, after, guys, and after the math, mysteries right. of Ray's background has been solved, and we still haven't had the mystery of the messenger droids been revealed. Come on, <laughs> there's a part of me that thinks that like his consciousness, as it was like reclaimed after yeah. um, the explosion, actually inhabits one of these messenger droids at jumps. any given time. I feel the same way. Jumps between them. So it's you know actually, what? Just it's actually tell us that. Bring... Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like, why don't we get that? Maybe um, he's maybe trapped we'll somewhere it. like interstellar and he can only just like Morris code, like what he needs to say through these, these messenger yeah, droids. Yeah. I love that. Right. I think yeah. they're going to be great. And I think it's a great connective tissue for the continuity between six and, and the pre the sequel trilogy. But I'm like, if the third book of this trilogy has messenger droids in it, and it does not give us yes, anything else. I I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm still gonna read Star Wars and not do whatever, but I'm gonna be 
thoroughly. You're going to be listening to me in two years doing the same rant that I do every you know, time. You just, you know, I'm wondering, like, what are they waiting for, right? Like, what? Exactly. If, why are they doing it? What if there's going to be a uh, Palpatine standalone book or comic book or yeah. something like for this period, and we get to see his follow his consciousness and his actions through these times? I mean, that would be fascinating. On board. But uh, just I mean, that would be my sort of like empire centric POV would be really cool to see, you know, what the, the emperor's machinations and, you know, him getting thwarted at, at most turns. But I don't know. That would be that would be. But cool. I do want to end on positive because what Grant said is like, I feel like free did such a good job of making these things super creepy. Like, I love the creepy factor surrounding the method. Oh, That's yeah. Right. They're very spooky. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just to go on your Vanguard point, I thought it was great. Was, I mean, they, yeah. they, they were pretty sparing in their their reference and they, they mentioned it early. And um, I was like, oh, OK, you know, uh, I thought it was kind of cool that it was tied in. Yeah. Um, and and I wanted to get a little more about it. And we know that like um, Harrison Dula is running them and they run off on their own mission for a minute. Um, and I think we're going to get that in the game. I really thought that that game is going to go all the way up to the Battle of Jakku, and I hope it does. But I think there's definitely going to be an episode here where they're fighting this battle where they're off. And then we might actually get Vanguard Squadron coming in to help out Alphabet Squadron. Yeah. Um, that would be beautiful synergy to me if yeah. you know, in this game there's a mission where you come in and you help, you know, route them in, in Cerebron or um, uh, Cerebron. Yeah. Cool. Maybe that's like the first mission, right? Like maybe that's the your training mission or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, well, yeah. Speaking of training, there's some Thai drones. And at one point in this book, Keys is flying with the drones like during the battle. Oh, that is interesting. That was super cool. I was like, that might be a boss fight in this this upcoming squadrons game. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Is he in the drones? Yeah. A Thai, a Thai fighter fighter pilot. That was not drones. one of the bands mentioned by. Um. <laughs> Let's talk about Keys for a second. In the first book, he was this Keys or Soze type, this mystery guy. <laughs> Devin. What was his name? Devin or Davin? What was his name in the first book? I forget. Yeah, yeah I want to say like Devin, that. but that doesn't sound very Star Wars, so I'm going to say Davin. All right. It was yeah. something like that. And he was like, I don't know, living in like Tinkertown or something? Was that what it was called? Yeah. 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 I mean, and that was one of my favorite arcs. I mean, he was a great protagonist. He's like, Help do this sort of this uprising against actually the the empire that was there, right? And and really, or no, it was against um, it was against a, a militia. It was against a, um, a feudal lord sort of affair. But it was great, and it, and it really showed off his skills. And and I really was rooting for him, but I was not rooting for him in this in this I book. Was a little bit. In this book, and not not in like a um, his strats were remarkable, right? Like yeah. they made him a complex character. You kind of get his motivation, and I love the fact that basically what he did was like, you know what, the emperor, the empire is done. We are now the rebellion. Like he basically used rebellion yeah. tactics, which I'm like, ooh, that's so smart from the writer's perspective. I'm like, basically now they're fighting a new rebellion from the side of the empire. Like I thought it was really really creative. I didn't want him to win, but I appreciated the. Uh, Right. The, the, he was smart that way and it made it more complex. Yeah. And he, he made it about pride, like a victory. Well, they needed a victory yeah. for pride. And then now they're going to meet up at the end of this book um, with Ray Sloan, which is good because I wonder if it's going to. So far, we've, we've been parallel with um, with the whole Aftermath, Aftermath series. But yeah. I wonder if it's going to carry the Aftermath series forward a little bit. 
Because then you get actually, I mean, we could get some of this Exegol stuff that Grant's been asking for. See, this is, see, all right. So I loved this book, but my ultimate kind of like, uh, you know, Starfighter adventure odyssey would be the guys that the Emperor sent to go scout and find Exegol. Like yeah. that, that squadron. We will get that story. We'll call it Crimson Wing. It'll be on Disney. Plus. Love it. There you ah. go. Sold. So my theory for book three is the um, the freeing of Coruscant. Because they talk about Coruscant throughout Ooh. this book. And it is it is hinted at that characters mention it and what it's like. And there's dreams about Coruscant in it. And I think the next book is going to be the the larger story of how Coruscant was freed, like basically the the reinvasion of Coruscant by Alphabet Squadron and others. That's my theory for book three. That would be fun. Is it not freed already? Is it not? It sounds like it's disputed at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think in Aftermath, we get an attack on Coruscant. Um, and I, I think that the public kind of has to flee. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's still considered the capital. But to learn anything more about the politics of Coruscant would be interesting. Yeah. How they ended up, you know, migrating to um, to Hosnian Prime. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Coruscant's an interesting place. The, the coolest thing they could have done, I think, was what we saw in the uh, sort of concept art of Coruscant, where they were going to possibly go there and see that, like, now, like, desolate and inhabited, like, run by wolves and, like, nature has taken over. You're talking about the concept art for Duel of the Fates, the Duel of the Fates script. Yeah, the Duel of the Fates. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah but some, some of it found its way into the, the Tross art of, I think. I think they had one image of the wolves mm. on Coruscant. But yes, that would that was the uh, the um, what's his name, Trevor. Trevor yeah, um, he he wanted to go back to Coruscant and see that, and that would be sort of awesome. Nice. Yeah, I mean, great book. Anything else y'all wanted to tie in here? I'm mean, excited for the cliffhanger ending. Yeah, great great yeah. cliffhanger. Yeah. I can't wait to read. Uh, what happens next? It was uh, it was a good book to be at home and be able to spend like 15 minutes at a time reading. Like I really just like read a chapter here and there and did that and was really just kind of happy to keep coming back to it. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, in about a month, we're going to have our next reading, Raptor, and that will be for uh, Star Wars Poe Dameron Freefall, which is one of the um, young adult novels, which I think tells the story that's hinted at in Rise of Skywalker. You know, we get him as a as a spice runner. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'll be a good time. Then we'll get the uh, mashup uh, Shadow Free that comes out just Shadow Free months after that. Yeah, Shadow Free Fall, Free Fall Shadow. Yeah, right. Um, I found a couple more uh, music clips from Chasta Chattic. Oh, what you got? Uh, there's a Crypto Symphonic House Jam. Oh, that sounds like uh, my what I would like. Yeah, yeah, an old Krillian folk tune as a baseline yeah. is like what they use this thing, but I think that's. She ends up singing that. Oh, that's the that's one. She okay. sings at the yeah. end. Um, there's a weak way screamed ballad about living as a hut laborer, um, which is sort of great to thinking about a weak. Oh yeah, screaming. the weak way. I had that. I had that highlighted, and I'm like, is that the weak way from uh, that we see in uh, Return of the Jedi, who works for Jabba? Maybe yeah, the the like drum player. Yeah, I think it is. Um, there's a character named Gorgeous Sue, which I yes. think is fantastic. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, it's great. And then, uh, yeah, so those are those are the ones I, I grabbed. But those they just make me feel really happy. Um, Agreed. Thinking about all these the different pieces of music that he brings in there that she listens to. I mean, 
Also, B-Wings are like kind of the coolest um, uh-huh. starfighter there is. I really wish you could um, play in uh, Vanguard as a as a B-Wing, but they're not in there. Um, it is a tough thing to animate because it's like you can do like a 360 spin with your craft and like you're always upright. It, it would be a, a, a difficult mechanic to do. I bet it would be zero thrust turns. I think they, yeah. they say it in this book. So. Yeah. And, I just, and, it'll be down. It'll be DLC. Just wait for it. I'm sure. Yeah. But they're, they, you know, the, she's a bomber class according to this. But in um, Rebels, it's it started off as like an assault class and like super fast and agile. Um, I don't know. B-Wings are kind of cool, man. They're really sweet. They're really fast. Oh, yeah. There's some great descriptions. That's that's actually. Yes. One, yeah. It's one of my favorite episodes in Rebels is where uh, Hera goes and um, has to go like earn her stripes or flying stripes to capture the B-Wing as this, you know, um, weapon against against the Empire and. She obviously is successful, but it's it's it really, it, you know, an, uh, a Moncal rogue Moncal created this um, ship. And I don't know, it, it's a fascinating um, mm. episode. But uh, yeah, um, shout out to the uh, the spicy relationships in this book. There's a uh, will mm. gets uh, will flirts with a Rodian pilot named Nahiro. Yes, it's that's, right. that's right. Briefly, that's, right. that's mentioned briefly, briefly. I would love that to develop. Yeah, uh, Soren Keys and Farah Yadiz. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, Yadiz and Keys. They yeah. uh, <laughs> their chemistry is undeniable. Yeah, in a couple scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Chas and Quell, we know. Yeah, but obviously that 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 relationship is fractured. Um, yeah, it's, I, a lot of like there's romance in this, and there's a, and it's very mature. There's a lot of like really I, dark language in this book that I thought far darker than the Mandalorian. If you thought the Mandalorian was gonna be a dark, I thought the Mandalorian was gonna carry out a tone similar to this book and what we got was a very different show but i love what we got it's more adventurous it's more it's more yeah. of I, influences of star wars really enjoyed the chas and quell stuff because they're just kind of like yeah it happened like you know what i mean it was just there like it wasn't a big deal it was just what you yeah. would do with any characters to be like yeah there's fraternization between between people like that's just the way that works when close quarters but what the guys say in that asteroid those rebels those kind of like ragtag rebels in that asteroid what they mm-hmm. say if the tie pilots land there what chas says to to Eureka after she finds out the the her about her secret about necronus like there's some there's some dark language oh in, yeah in this yeah. book that i was like wow this is star wars really taking a step into a darker yep tone. yeah it goes there yeah it goes there in this book yeah well, we did it. Yeah, we did. It. Yeah, we sure did. Um, yeah, I've been I've been thinking about this book for a long time. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. Uh, a fantastic addition to the novels um, for, uh, you know, the new EU, I guess, the new canon. Um, and it's really going to open some doors to some great things. So um, thanks very much, everyone, for listening to us. Uh, we'll be back next week with some content that is yet to be determined, but I'm sure it'll be super. <laughs> um we've got uh adam back uh with yep. a vengeance especially uh, back the new father and um uh we're gonna do some uh some great things there and again you know every week i say this but it's like who knows what we're gonna learn next week um uh because you know they're cranking it out man yeah yeah lucasfilm full speed ahead uh so let's do it let's do it it's gonna be awesome all right 
thank you all very, very much uh, for listening to us, um, especially apparently Sweden. Sweden, uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of Sweden. fans there. So Sweden, uh, that's great. Thank you. If you're from Sweden and listening to Apparently, we're giant. We're big in Sweden. Yeah, there's a lot of you in Sweden. That's great. Spain, same. Ireland. We got some good downloads in Ireland, which I've been wanting to do an Irish trip forever. So I'm like, yeah. Ireland, Scotland, here we come. Uh, like, I think if we're you do ever a let Americans tour. back in your countries, yeah. um, which I don't blame you for not, no. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we would love to come there and hang out and meet some of you, maybe do a show, talk about yeah. Star Wars. That's what we do. Um, that'd be fantastic. So, I mean, thanks to all of our listeners, but uh, to it's mind blowing to see us charting in Sweden um, <laughs> as high as we are um, and Spain as well. Uh, so, cool. yeah, it's awesome. You're all fantastic. Um, we love you all. And uh, hey, may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you. Always.